something with that later the harmony of bettys we got to remember that <laughs> i had this dream that like i was like switching bodies with leatherface oh i like it it was so weird but that's really good <laughs> but i was making a mask so instead of like like skin mask it was like a melted wax mask but i was cutting out the eye holes and then, uh, oh. oh my god, it was so weird. It was pretty nuts. That's incredible. I have the I weirdest think that's my dreams. New, like <laughs> favorite. My first favorite is when you were babysitting Freddie and he was a baby. I know. On an island. <laughs> On an island. That's the best detail because uh, it gives yeah. it a tropical theme. Uh, Palm tree waving in the wind. And oh my god! I, yes, the tropical like, theme. Yeah, I'll be drinking something out of a coconut, just observing you babysitting Freddy. <laughs> I know. Just smiling. Oh my god. Hammock. Welcome to Slash Resistance. No, hold on. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, oh, I just started no. saying Slash Resistance. <laughs> that was excellent. That's cut. <laughs> cut. Hold on. Cut. Welcome to Slashers and Suits. Hey, welcome to Slashers and Suits. Today is the day. I'm today so is the day. We go back to camp. Oh, I love camp. I mean, yeah. I love sleepaway camp. I love it too. We both love this movie and we're going to talk about that a little bit at the end because we have a special rating that we're going to give it. Yes, we do. Really and, and my namesake is in this movie. <laughs> Yes, you are really, really excited because this movie stars a character named Angela. Yes, it does. And uh, there's a character named Meg, and so, that's my middle name, so come on. Yep, yeah, this is your movie right here. And it kind of always has been. Mm, yes, it, it always is. has. And we've seen this movie many, many, many times growing up. And mm -hmm. um, one thing that we should probably point out is that this is the unofficial turning point where the decade of the 80s actually becomes itself, you know, oh, identity. Oh, heck yeah. So a lot of the slashers we've been watching so far, they were filmed in the 80s. However, for all intents and purposes, it's still mm -hmm. the 70s. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So visually, sociologically, culturally, you can just tell that there was a little bleed over from the 70s. Right. But here we are, 1984, and all of a sudden, everyone is decidedly 80s now. Oh, yeah. We've got the cool guys, the jocks, the goths, the new wavers. Like, we have got a party uh, instead of a disco ball. So uh, we've got loud colors and uh, cut-off tank tops, which we're going to talk about. Oh, goodness gracious. We sure do. And speaking of that... Um, you know, we always uh, bring something here to our watch along, something that is pertinent. Um, and we base it on the movie we're watching. Definitely. So today, 
I brought my shortest pair of shorts and half of a tank top. <laughs> half of a tank top. And you half will of see a tank what? Top. <laughs> half of a tank top. And More on that in a bit. Now, what'd you bring? Okay, I found my thermos, which actually says thermos on it. And I'm going to post a picture because it really does. Because it's very, you know, it's that um, metal, like camp thermos. Uh, that you would have coffee or water in. So I actually brought coffee in my thermos for camp. Nice. That is yeah. wonderfully appropriate. So let <laughs> us roast our proverbial marshmallows. Oh my goodness. All right. So for those on Amazon Prime, you can get the Sleepaway Camp um, for free. If you have yeah. a Shutter subscription, that totally works here. Sometimes there's weird ads before, but that's, yeah, everything works on Amazon. Um, you can also rent it on YouTube. We are renting the SD version because, of course, we prefer the SD to the HD quality. It just, it puts a little, I think it, it adds shimmer and shake. What would you say? <laughs> Both shimmer and shake and a little bit of Shazam, if you will. I think so, too. It's the Shazam. Is, that's what we're going for. So. Yes. <laughs> it's like, it's the Shazam of slashers that I think absolutely really speaks to people. Absolutely is. And we find Ooh. that the standard definition just preserves that sort of abstract, grainy quality. There's a little bit more of a separation between real life and cinema. Oh my God. I'm so excited because this movie also has a lot to unpack. And we oh, yeah. will try to get to everything without, you know, giving too much information because this has, for me, the most epic ending of all time. Uh, without question. I, I don't think that there's any competition. I, I think that this movie is the ultimate in surprise endings, perhaps in all of movies, not just slashers. Oh, my God. So yeah, we're going to get uh, taken for a ride here. And like you said, we're going to have to tiptoe around a lot of things yeah. as we annotate this because oh uh, we can't give anything away at oh, all. Now. I know. If and you're it's... watching along, let's see if you can put it together. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. All right. So I am at one second. Where are you? Black screen. I'm at seven seconds. Yeah, you did your thing. <laughs> I did seven... my thing. <laughs> How do you? Oh, my goodness. Seven seconds. Okay. So in fond memory of mom a doer so it's it's still it's right after that black screen black screen seven seconds yes all righty that is so funny okay so countdown i'll say play and we press play three two one five. Oh, instantly do you hear the those slow violins it's completely incredible already and then the horns Boom, sleepaway camp. My goodness, look at this visual. Look oh, at this visual. Pretty. This so, beautiful lake. We are at camp. We are at the campgrounds in the northeastern United States. I believe this takes place in New Jersey. Oh, that's right. I will not be able to contain myself from um, getting that accent on. <laughs> yes, and I hope you do. As the resident <laughs> impressionist, 
here at Slashers and Suits. Oh no. You have got some voices. It just comes out. <laughs> I know it does. Now look at this. This is the campground. We're, we're sort of going around to the different areas. Those are some of the cabins. We see the playground. And the funny thing about what's going on right now is this is the prologue, but it's also the epilogue. Oh, brilliant. So how crazy is that? So what we're seeing right now is the state of things at the end of the movie. This campground is completely abandoned because of the events that took place in the movie we're about to see. That is so cool. What a what an interesting way to do it. And one of my favorite things is to see visually the camp empty, but to hear in the audio, we hear the voices of the kids from the past. So, you know, we see a cabin or um, the tennis court or whatever, and we hear them playing, but nobody's there visually. It's, that is so cool. It's a really powerful effect. Like you said, right now we can hear things that took place in the movies. In fact, some of this dialogue we're actually going to see happening in real time, but right now it's just used as sort of a trippy effect. Oh my goodness. And it's really pretty. You know, I do love that Northeastern landscape with the trees that are all different colors, red and yellow and green mixed together. Yes, the setting is gorgeous. I almost forgot what this, the sports, you know, carp not carpets, <laughs> the courts. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the sports carpets. I almost forgot what these were called. Yes, oh, I love it. Sports. So Camp Arawak, now look, it's for sale and it's boarded up by order Oof. of the sheriff. So something really bad happened here. So now we go back in time a little bit. And so we're ba we go back in time to like a second prologue. Prologue number two. And this is going to be our ubiquitous past event. Oh, that's, that's what it is. Heck yeah. Oh, and who is it? We've got a father and his two kids, a boy and a girl on a boat, just hanging out in the sun. Aww. Yeah, they've, they've got thick New Jersey accents too. She started it. <laughs> oh, I love it. And uh, so this movie actually, we've talked about it before, um, an inappropriate use of thigh. And <laughs> that actually yeah. came from watching this movie the dad on the boat it's it's those short shorts hey sue yes it his shorts are almost uncomfortably short yeah absolutely so, and so <laughs> that's where we get that we've often used the phrase inappropriate use of thigh <laughs> this is exactly what we mean oh my goodness the kids are super cute and they're on this little sailing boat but there's um there's an obnoxious uh couple that's also on the lake doing what is that called where the they're pulling a girl behind her jet ski uh yeah water skiing yeah and so she's the girl in the couple is is trying to drive the the um the boat from her boyfriend even though she doesn't really know how and so there's a girl who's who's water skiing on the, like being carried along. But the boat is going super, super fast. So we've got a really fast boat. 
next to these little kids in the water. So, you know, some tension building up a little bit, like what's gonna happen? Yeah, something's definitely gonna happen. And it turns out they have plans to have some sort of a family dinner. Uh, it seems like it's just another day at this point, but this motorboat seems to be heading towards them uh, very rapidly and they don't seem to know how to control it. Oh my goodness. And the girl behind being carried is like, stop the boat. Yeah, so she sees oh God, the family. Turn. Oh God. And they can't turn fast enough. Oh, they're heading straight for the family. Whoops. And they go just straight over. Oh my God. Okay, so that's really bad because that motor just hit them all. So there's the kids. We see the dad is a gunner. He's floating in the lake. Um, and there's a really, really sad um, lifeboat. I mean, life jacket that floats up top. It's the little one. That's <gasps> really sad. So both the dad and one of the children uh, has been killed. Oh, it's terrible. So eight years later. Oh, and my favorite. So this is Aunt Martha. So they actually briefly mentioned her for their family gathering. Um, her son is Ricky. Yes. And oh, well, here's Angela. So now it's revealed that we have Angela. Um as the survivor. Yes. So the two little kids in the beginning were Angela and Peter. And Peter was killed in the boating accident. Now here's Angela. Uh, she's sort of a teenager now, kind of. And Ricky is her cousin and they're best buddies. Yeah, he's they're best so buddies. Great. They're really, really close. And they're about to go to summer camp. And Aunt Martha is insane, and I love her. She is this gothic peewee. <laughs> a GP, yes. Yes, yes, the GP. Look at her face. What did she do? I love it. She's kind of spacey, but she's laying it on thick a purpose. Like, she's quirky as all get out. Yeah, yeah. She snorted some of that caterpillar dust from um. Alice Wonderland. She definitely did something. Oh my goodness, I tied it around my finger. So cool. So super weird. She's spacing out, but she remembered something important. And she's a doctor, right? But we don't figure out what kind of doctor. Yes. Yes, she accomplished quite a bit in the academic world before she went insane. Apparently she went insane. So here's what she did. She um, filled out their physical forms because they couldn't go to camp without signed physicals. However, she signed them and they're not supposed to tell anybody how they got them. Um, for some reason they wouldn't approve. So it's kind of weird, like take note. Yes, why? Would she be behaving this way? I don't know. Oh, and we didn't mention 
real fast, like that dude on the beach who reacted to the dad's death. Like, who was that dude? Yeah, who was he? He seems to be very close to the family. We mm. might see more later. Whoa. Oh, look. And now we have that, like, everything's great, happy music, buses going to camp. Oh, look at the little cute. Look at the little ones. Look at these little pants. It's incredible stuff. Our classic beginning of the slasher. So after the ubiquitous past event, we always cut to a scene of innocence where everything's fine and no mm -hmm. one has a care in the world. Here we are, oh they're all goodness. getting to camp. It's the first day of camp. Ricky and Angela are <laughs> here too. And take note that Angela is still traumatized from the boating accident. So she doesn't speak that much. No, and she's scared of the water very afraid of the water she's got issues she's very traumatized so ricky is gonna look out for her oh ew and okay oh boy. <laughs> we have the cook that i have a problem with because he's gross and i i'll try to hold back but also you know what uh I'm kind of hoping that he goes swiftly. <laughs> yeah, so the red-headed cook is a really bad guy. And uh, I want him to go. Like, he yeah. could go. He could go right now. <laughs> so he's that he's he's one of those classic characters in slasher movies that we just hate from the beginning. And we know they're going to get killed. And we kind of don't care. Oh, my goodness. And a shout out to James Earl Jones' brother, who was right there as the other cook. Yep, the other cook was uh, James Earl Jones's brother, for real. No, for real. And you can hear it in the voice. Did you see Crazy Ricky's stuff. friend, Paul? Yeah, so Ricky's friend, Paul, they're like best buds. It's the, it's the back <laughs> in the days kind of best buds where you actually only see each other at summer camp. Oh, and Ricky went steady with a girl named Judy. Yeah, so his, his last year's steady... And her name was Judy. Oh my God. And I of course, she's here this year. she is there. <laughs> and Paul had some fun things to say about her. <laughs> yes, uh, he um, had the updates. Yes, the updates. <laughs> oh my God, there's Judy. There's Judy. Oh, she's all cool now. She so thinks we, she's so cool. Yeah, we, we get a sense of her character within the first second, even that facial expression, mm. you know, just kind of kind of is establishing her as sort of an antagonist. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, already can't stand her. Um, we did not talk about the camp instructors that we first saw. The, the camp director, Mel, was the old guy with the long blue shorts and very high black socks. Yes, good old Mel. So Mel owns the camp. He often has a cigar in his mouth. And oh uh, he's, he's quite the character. And then... And he dresses Ron, like you. <laughs> and, yeah, and, <laughs> and, and, and he kind of dresses like me. And then Ron is the uh, muscle-bound uh, head counselor. And there's quite a bit of inappropriate use of thigh with that guy. Oh, there's going to be a lot. Yes. 
Okay, so here's the um, like the girl's bunk or whatever. Mm -hmm. That's what it's called, right? Yeah. The girl's bunk, and then all of the campers are meeting each other. Uh, already, Ooh. we have some tension between Judy and Angela. Judy is a bully. She's being very mean. Oh, but I think, I mean, Angela took note the second that she, um, you know, made Ricky feel like he wasn't good enough anymore. I think she registered that and was like, oh, that's really not cool. Yeah. See, that's the thing. Angela might not talk much. She doesn't miss much, you know? No, like, not at all. She knows what's going on. And, uh, hey, you know what I never noticed before? What? Um, that, so the two girl counselors, Meg, which is the one who's friends with Judy, so I automatically don't like her. Then the other girl who's folding clothes next to Angela, um, the shirt that she has in her hands has a collar. Just yes. Saying. Yes. Now, also, did you notice Mel and Meg's interaction just now? Ew, she's flirting with him. That's gross. So, basically, we are in the chow hall now. And everyone is making their first attempt to make contact with Angela. They, they sort of know that she's, I guess, special. Yeah. You know, that there are some interesting circumstances in her past and, and that she ha has got some issues and quite understandably. Mm -hmm. So between Aww. Ron and Meg, they're gonna have two radically different approaches. He's yeah. very, very nice and progressive and he's really trying to understand her and yeah. he's just he's just really being a hell of a guy. But then Meg is kind of aligned with Judy, so she's mean to her. Oh, and this guy, <laughs> I love, he's so nice to her, but those shorts, Asu. Yeah, the shorts are really damn short. Ew, Artie. Boo. Um, I was gonna say Mel's shoes. Did you catch those? I sure did. The, <laughs> the man is silent. I know, I knew it. Silent. <laughs> oh, I love it so much. So, do you think our parents watched this movie and were like, "Oh, Angela Meg, like that sounds good," and then I that's, think so. They got my name. I think so. I think that's exactly what happened. <laughs> I love it. Oh, see, look, Ricky's already just making sure that he knows where she is at all times, like pretty cool yeah so ricky is a hell of a guy he's a great kid he's my favorite character in the movie he's looking after his cousin he's like where did she go where did she go he wants to make sure she's not alone or yep. even worse uh somewhere with this guy exactly and he has no problem standing up to meg or anybody he's he's confident ricky's fearless so we really want him to show up now because something horrible is about to happen. Artie, I swear, like... Here comes Ricky, though. Yeah, get Ricky, look at him, his little voice. <gasps> Dang, look it. Damn. But Ricky saves her. So Ricky just saved her, and the bad guy just told Ricky, don't ever tell anyone or he'll kill him. That is insane. Yeah, so this guy, red redheaded cook dude, is like a straight predator. 
And Mel, I think, is putting two and two together. Yeah, Mel, and also this is going to be a theme, by the way. Poor Mel, kind of, because throughout this entire yeah. movie, he's seeing weird stuff everywhere, mm -hmm. and he doesn't quite know what's going on. Right. He doesn't quite, and so, like, starting now, he's having all these ideas, like, maybe yep. things are not right here mm -hmm. with some of the people he hired, and right? it's only going to go downhill from here. Oh, yes, it will. Oh, look at that corn. I want it. <laughs> look at that corn. You know what? That actually looks kind of good. And then, hey, do you see the seasoned salt? I do. I have that exact right. same one. Exact same one on my kitchen table. Yeah. And then I see some Tabasco, some Uncle Ben's rice. Man, that pot, now, though. Oh, I know. That pot. That's a huge pot. That's, like, finally a your size pot. Exactly. That's a me-sized pot. I would cook up a huge pot of chili in that thing, too. I know you would. Oh, my goodness. But it's boiling now, what water. What do we have here? Something POV. extremely important. Bingo. We have some POV camera shots. What does that mean? That means we're in the eyes of the killer. So there is a killer on the loose as of right now. And something tells me... Artie's got to go. He's going to be gone soon. Oh, I'm glad about it. I'm like, put that piggy in the boiling stew. Exactly. And <laughs> brilliant uh, slasher posturing here. Just the way that they established mm. him as a disgusting person. Mm -hmm. They played with our heads and now we don't care if he dies. It's pretty fascinating how that works. So look, we just, we just had a very subtle, oh, it's you. He sees the killer. Yep. And he knows who that person is. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's you. One he's of our favorites. That, he's seen the person before somewhere. Oh, and by the way, we have Oh, It's You stickers. So oh, yeah. we, we keep it classy here at Slashes and Suits. Look at this. The killer is going to pull his stool out from under him. And oh, oh, oh Burn. Look at this, boil, boiling water, boiling water all over his body. Burn, baby, burn. And look at these effects, by the way. I know. Oh, we got to talk about these. Effects. Yeah. Look at this. They don't oh. have Tom Savini, but they did such a good job. Okay. This is really worth talking about, though, because usually we say, what's the rule? If you don't have Tom Savini, you know, makeup artist extraordinaire from Friday the Truth. 13th etc then you do cutaways you know you have sound effects instead of campy visuals that you can't really make right without a budget or a makeup artist yes but this guy you found something really cool out about this guy though yeah so the makeup artist here is the same guy who did the effects in terminator 2 so that's what i'm saying cannot discount slashers because so many people in the industry got their start in a slasher movie so makeup artists, um, obviously the London Symphony. <laughs> the London Symphony Orchestra played on um, House on Sorority Row. And so that's what I'm saying. Like the the stars <laughs> of the scene. Absolutely. Absolutely. So they took him away. We can safely assume that he's either dead or close to it. Um, again, I just really love those special effects. 
that ahead. worked really well. It was very convincing. Um, he got scalded. It was Ooh, not pretty. Not pretty at all. Pretty. But so, I was rooting for it. I was rooting yeah, for I it. Yeah, uh, I think in some way, everyone is. It works really well. So he, here comes Mel, ready Ooh. to do a little bit of uh, damage control here. And uh, he's being real smooth here. You know, like nobody talk, cause I'll promote you all. <laughs> yeah, he used to be real smooth too back in the days when he played in uh, World War II films in the video era. That makes sense, I can see him. And he had the same hair too. I bet he did. Oh, we need to keep track for our potato head hair. Yeah, do we have any candidates so far? It might be Mel. He's okay. a, he'll be a contender. Um, yeah, he is a contender. Also, let's get a caller ID on that caller right there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it doesn't have that much volume. He's being kind of contained. But oh we always want to give a little love to the callers. Oh my God, he's so smooth. So he's going to raise everyone's pay here mm -hmm. in exchange for them keeping their mouth shut about the accident that just happened. And remember, people, as of right now, it is an accident. Right, exactly. This is Which a freak accident. Is so, you could so get away with this back then that you could not do now, obviously. Genuinely could. There were no cameras or anything like that. Uh, the killer got in and out of there pretty quick. So it's important to note that no one knows that there's a killer on the loose. Oh my God. So now some, we're in the uh, the boys bunk and we got some classic shenanigans going on. Oh my God, I love this so much. I love that they actually hired younger actors. Okay, so that's possibly the most important thing to note about this film is that unlike the traditional slashers, which utilize people in their 30s and 40s who are playing teenagers, this movie is using people who are 13 to 17. Right. And I think so, that's so important. It's so cute because uh, it, it's every way that they're acting. It's, it's not totally self-conscious yet. They are, their voices are cracking and they're still in this age where they can portray that sense of fun and innocence um, in a way that is actually convincing. Yes, I, I think that they managed to perfectly capture the essence of being this age and being a oh, camp. Okay. <laughs> we got to talk about this USC okay. man. Let's focus on USC man right oh, here. Oh dear. Remember when I said my shortest shorts and half of a tank top? Yep. This is what I meant. Look at that dude. Half um, of his clothes have gone missing. Where are they? They're on the milk carton somewhere. Go find <laughs> them. There's a reward. Okay. <laughs> so, I was wondering, I mean, it just the counselors in this, was there a budget shortage and they had to like use pieces of clothes to clothe everybody in the movie so they were like taking half <laughs> of pants <laughs> yes the the great budget shortage resulting in shorter <laughs> clothes 
shorter shorts and half of a tank top. Well, okay, yeah. look at, come on, look at that. What is going on? Mr. Tan Man. Oh, <laughs> dear. Mr. Tan Man. And instead of a dream, he's going to bring you clothes that are way too short. Oh, look at okay. the swagger. <laughs> so now the dude who's pitching, Mr. Tan Man. Yeah. His clothes are even shorter. Oh, <laughs> it's like you thought this was how short they were going to go. Nope. Mr. Tan Man shows you the way. Oh, he shows you the way. He put his clothes in the dryer for six days. <laughs> and then he took them out and he's like, no, they need another hour. Yep, absolutely. Oh, look at this nerd. I love this so much. So in the baseball game, he was all, you know, playing his game or whatever, his little handheld game. But he actually manages to catch the ball because he runs. Um, and... I don't know any of the sports terms. I'm trying to talk about like <laughs> going into the outfield or something. I love it. Whatever it was that he was doing from the field to catch a ball. So let's also take note of our sneaker lineup. So far we have Nikes, Asics, Converse. Adidas. We've got Adidas represented here. So we've got the full suite of sneakers. And oh. my man, second to the left, has Pumas. Pumas. Yeah. Okay. So also the game, the boys, like the younger boys won in the game uh, from against the older boys. I thought that was kind of awesome. Yeah. So this is one of those camps where you have like uh, all ages, both middle and high school together. And I, I do think, you know, the baseball game really had this um, uh, Sandlot vibe about it. And I think that Hollywood watched this movie and was like, oh, they heard the, the Earl Jones voice. They saw the baseball field and were like, you know what? We're going to take the other brother and some other kids and make the Sandlot. You know, I think you hit one out of the park with that one. I think you <laughs> are correct. That's exactly what happened. So yet another feather in Sleepaway's cap. Oh, And okay. now we are at a dance. And listen to the music. This is uh, how you know it's the 80s. We've got yep. some very heavy synth pop happening on the speakers. Now, the song playing at this dance right now happens to be the main song on the soundtrack to this movie. It's also going to play when the credits roll. Which is one of the best themes ever, by the way. It really is. Because it really it's in Angela. If we don't mention it again, remember to turn the volume up when the credits roll and really try to appreciate this song. Oh my God. Blue Oyster Cult. Mullet yeah. Man. Oh God, our Blaine! Look at his look at his yacht shoes, no socks. His look at his yacht shoes. So yacht shoes, no socks. He's our our Blaine. So we call guys like this Blaine, and he's named after the head yuppie from Final Exam. Oh, what a yuppie! And they're messing with Angela, you know, just because she won't talk, and I think that's pretty rude. Oh yeah, we've got a lot of bullying toward Angela going on, and you know what? It's really not cool at all. So, oh, look at the so way Ricky walks in. Here. So here comes Ricky with his Stetson hat. 
Um, he sees the guys bullying Angela. I don't think he's going to tolerate that for long. Oh, heck no. Look at that. Right in there. I wouldn't tolerate it. So and look, it doesn't matter. Save the oh, day. Hell yeah. Boom. He's all small, but he doesn't care. He's like, everybody piles on. Oh, boys are so funny. Yeah, he doesn't even care. So he, he is a, a very, very good kid. He's defending his cousin's honor. And it just really makes me love him. It really oh makes my me god. And so let's also observe Mel in the background. I knew it. I knew you were going there. And look at those pants. Okay. Look at those pants. So those checkered trousers. Are you are you saying that he is uh following the way of the trow? He follows the way of the trow. So the trow has returned. We have our second practitioner. If you remember, when we covered graduation day, there was a guy who we called Scary Manilo. Oh my God, that's right. And he was the original practitioner of the way of the trow. Okay. Those trousers so Mel, were pretty cool. Mel also has a copy of the trow to Jing. <laughs> and he follows the way. So we're going to see lots of excellent trousers from our man, Mel. Amazing. Trout Te Ching. Oh, and look at Paul. My Okay. I love Paul, Ricky's friend, because he likes Angela and he's being super sweet to her. And I think his name is Paul because, oh, Paul, Halloween. Right, right, right. So there always needs to be a character named Paul. Yep. It's a throwback to Halloween. Oh, Paul. Oh, my God. Look at Angela, though. This is like the first time we've seen her even interested in anybody. Check it out. So she's developed a little connection with Paul. There's some <gasps> flirting going on. There's some oh vibes. And she just spoke for the first time. Oh, and he's so excited. Good night. Good night. Oh, and then some, so some music plays. Like when uh, Charlie found the golden ticket. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it is the cutest thing I've ever seen. And Judy's all jealous, even though she's, you know, next to the older boys. Well, she's a she's a troublemaker. She needs everything to be her way. Mm -hmm. And she also needs all, all of the attention on her. Yes. So we're going to see lots of meddling, even when things don't concern her. She makes it her business because she believes that it's all about her. Oh my God. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Now look at this. We got we got two kids sneaking Whoa, around. skinny to me. What? Oh my goodness. Um, okay, lots of inappropriate use of everything there. <laughs> I'm just saying for those who say it's only about like, you know, female bodies, blah, blah, blah. Nope. Yeah, exactly. I just, I just got bombarded with that. <laughs> okay, and I didn't, and I didn't want to see that. So, yep. and I'm saying, good 11, job. <laughs> Eleven male asses <laughs> is not what I signed up for. So, moving along here. Good um, job, sleepaway camp. <laughs> this guy in the orange. Oh tank no! Top, Which is half a tank top. He shops at the same place as <laughs> Mr. Tan Man and USC. Was that Blaine? Oh, uh, was it Blaine? Yeah, it was. 
because here's here's mullet man he has Um, different hairdos that he that he has so you know what he might be blaine might be a contender for the potato head press on hair i think so too all right so we've got blaine and mel so far yeah running for mr potato head award so that's always good to take note of oh i love this okay mullet man in the canoe so like he and um his girl or whatever are now yeah. in the lake um and the canoe but the way that he talks i love it so much yeah if we yeah. fall so in his name's, uh, name's mullet fall. man yes so we've, we've got ourselves a nice suite of characters so far yes oh yes by the way we do mullet man blaine mr tan man usc judy meg like the bad girls the really nice camp counselor we've got a nice um a whole and nice Mozart. set of characters oh that's right yeah mozart, mozart the nerd who the caught nerd. the ball yeah his name's mozart so we've got some uh ominous stuff going on here it, it looks like we're in a pre-kill sequence oh that is we've so got pretty someone who is isolated and look at Blaine's half of a shirt. It is Blaine. Ew. Can you imagine the store where they all shop? It's probably half a building. Oh my God. Half a building. Ah. Hey, Baba Rebob. Whoa, who just popped up in the canoe? What's this? Um, whoa. Okay, we, we've got an O, it's you. We've got a very important O, it's you. Um, um, but I'm actually not going to analyze that now. We'll have to talk uh, about that later. So, Mullet Man's name is Kenny, and I think Kenny's dead. Kenny's dead. Someone kill Kenny. Oh, yeah, the canoe's not turning back over. And the guys just leave, by the way. I mean, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's not cool. So, what weirdos? Who just leaves your friend out in the lake? Oh, well, now it's the next morning, so getting pretty nervous. And I I can't remember who this camp counselor is, but he's cleaning up after the boys left a huge mess in the lake from their shenanigans last night. Yeah. I, I never caught this guy's name, but he's pretty cool. He's so mad. He's so pissed at them for making a mess. But he's yeah. nearing the canoe where Kenny is and very, very nervous. So, whoa, God. Oh, uh-oh. Bleh. Uh-oh. oh gross. Oh, God. Ooh. Snake coming out of his mouth. Oh, my God. I can't. Snake. No, no, no. Ooh. That makeup is insane. Excellent makeup art. That's insane. That makeup is crazy. Oh, God almighty. That was gross. And can we talk about how, aside, you know, from Savini and his work, even that was edited. So how the heck did Sleepaway Camp get away with showing, like, long shots of the of the kills you know i've never fully understood that some movies got away with it and some were heavily censored it's so weird that this one they were just like okay just show it for five minutes 
the fact that they're showing as much as they're showing and the victims are significantly younger. Mm, that's what so I'm saying. It's, it's important to note that. So we have young victims. They're able to get away with showing full uh, aftermath scenes, whereas Friday the 13th barely shows anything. It is very heavily censored. And I'm wondering, Savini's a master at um, makeup art that has to do with actually like the stab or something. And so I'm wondering if that is censored more than an after kill. So here's the funny thing. There is actually a document that details this. Wow. Um, during the lawsuit filed by the Catholic League of Decency towards the Motion Picture Association of America, they made it very clear that entrance and exit wounds are the most vulgar things to show. That is so weird to me because that scene with Kenny like decomposing is way scarier to me than like someone stabbing somebody. I think so too. Are you kidding so, me? This is what happened when Friday the 13th was released. Everything changed in movies in terms of the way that gore is treated mm -hmm. and things like stabbings and decapitations. They can't show the moment it happens, but they can show it afterwards. That is such a weird distinction to me. So, so the aftermath of a kill is called priority two, whereas okay. an entrance wound or an exit wound a AKA a kill in progress is considered priority one. The kips. Now, this is all completely absurd. Yep. Because action movies, uh, particularly those about Vietnam that mm. came out during this era, are showing bodies, you know, blowing up and every possible thing happening. Yep. With no consequence from the censors. Whereas, if you made a horror movie during this time, mm. you got an X rating. And an X rating means death at the box office. Oh yeah, nobody can go. Of course not. So the, the way that they controlled the content of slasher movies is to threaten them. And they'll say, if you don't cut this, 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 and that, X then rating. You will lose, you'll lose that coveted R rating. Because an R rating mm. is what you want. That's, that's the goal. Of course. Does nothing for you. It, it's bad on the other side. Yeah, because it's it's everybody wanting something edgy and then all the younger kids wanting to sneak into the movie, you know. So absolutely, I think that's a very strange distinction. Um, but also adds to kind of the, the whole mystery and ambiance of slasher movies. It, it really does. This, this long war they had with the ratings boards and the bias towards slasher movies and the animosity and the way mm -hmm. that they were targeted and they were treated differently and certainly very unfairly. Yes. Uh, if it is strictly about visuals and if it is the case that disturbing visuals uh, are really the problem, mm -hmm. then there are much more disturbing visuals in other genres of yes. films. That's what I'm saying. None of that Both makes sense. And zombie films, Especially zombie if, films are creepy. I mean, come on, watch Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead is 100,000 times gorier 
than any slasher movie that came out around the same time. Especially considering like the camp aspect. Oh, by the way, Paul just kissed Angela. This is the cutest thing I've ever seen. It was, it was. And here comes Judy trying to ruin it. So she wants to seduce him uh, just to hurt Angela, basically. She's so, oh, I can't even stand her. But I love how Paul dressed up for their little, you know, yes. movie night or whatever it was at camp and or dance and then he They're walks her he walks her home like he walks her two feet to the cabin exactly he walks her home like a gentleman it's, it's so adorable and then oh oh my so god and then boy shenanigans boys are so funny to me this and look guy this. of course mozart He's of the course, victim. the nerd. So they put shaving cream in his hand so that, and then tickled his face as he's sleeping so that he would like swat it and then get the yeah. shaving cream all over his face. But then he, Mozart kind of retaliates um, times a thousand because he brings out a knife. Yeah, I he mean, pulls out his knife. And in the 80s, that was completely acceptable social behavior. Like, what is going on? It's, you know, every, everybody had a pocket knife and whatnot. Good Lord. Well, not allowed at camp, so. So here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. Just to take it back real quick, there is a very important reason why slasher movies were targeted and why they cannot get away with the same amount of gore as a zombie movie or a war movie. And that is because the people being killed in slasher movies are teenagers. teenagers. Yep. So that is the crux of the issue and the center of the controversy. It's very interesting considering like Sleepaway Camp's the only movie that actually has teenagers. <laughs> exactly. So if you want to be real about it, the people dying in Friday the 13th are the same age, if not older than the people dying in Dawn of the Dead. Everybody's 40 years old. Everyone's 40. So all of the logic fails when dealing with the Motion Picture Association. Yep. And what they ended up doing harmed their cause yep. so much because they made slasher movies the most fascinating thing <laughs> in the universe. In the early <laughs> 80s, there was nothing more popular than the post-Friday the 13th whodunit slasher. I love it so much. I mean, what an industry. Okay. Angela and Paul being super cute by the lake. Yeah. And I'm super nervous because Meg, her counselor, what the hell is her problem? She's just taunting her. Yeah, and she's super busy and she's also um, best friends with Judy. So they, they kind of have an alliance. Look at how Angela responds to people depending on their energy. Like she's very chatty with the nice counselor with paul and then just completely shuts down look at meg jesus my goodness oh and then something is happening but ron's on the juice here by the way i wonder if he did any amateur wrestling or anything like that i wondered he is pumped up Oh no, Judy with her walk that she's so the coolest. She's gonna have ever. her moment here. Mm -hmm. Oh geez, Louise. Let's not forget to thank Angela. What is, 
Judy, like they have an issue just because she's quiet. And I find that fascinating. Like, yeah. What is it? It's very unfortunate that bullying is so prevalent. And uh, back then, it was also more accepted. Yeah. So it's trouble for anyone who happens to be different. And she's getting it really bad, especially from Judy. Yep. And she's making fun of her fear of water. Oh, my God. And she's also antagonizing her in a very interesting way. Yeah. Uh, she's trying to strike a nerve. She's asking her why she never takes showers with the rest of the girls. And she keeps asking her, you know, if she's in puberty yet and all of this stuff. She's just really being a horrible person to her. Oh, she's a real carpenter's dream. Flat as a board needs a screw. <laughs> Favorite line ever. So Judy with the legendary, legendary line right there. But then, oh, that is top. Her ass. Yeah, the good, the nice camp counselor. I forgot her name. I forgot the her nice. name too, but she's super nice. And Judy deserved to be slapped. I'd slap her, slap her around. <laughs> I know you would. Isn't it? Isn't it unfortunate how everyone, including us, forgets the name of the nice one? I know. Um, she's super nice. I know it's sad, but <laughs> but I love that line. I, and I love the way that Judy talks. Like, she's okay. such a villain. They just messed up, though. They hit Angela with a water balloon. You don't do that. Uh-oh, the older boys. Look at Ricky coming out, though, to defend her immediately. And yeah, then Paul. Ricky's always there, and then Paul has his back. And he has Angela's back, too. This My is great God. stuff. Ricky screaming, like, in <laughs> with his little voice. Is adorable. I know his, his voice. Uh, his voice keeps doing the crack. I know it's so cute. Look at those socks on all those on the boy campers. Several variants of striped socks, and look at USC. Oh. He's, the one, he's the one on the very left. He's really playing it up. For Are you movie. kidding me? He, he, he would. He would. He would go naked if they let him. Oh, he is so proud of himself. Yeah. With those Adidas? Yeah, he's got the Adidas. The oh, my kids, God. Nike, Nike's Asics, uh, Converse, and one kid has the Pumas. And then look on the very right. Look at the little blonde kid who just rolls with them. Um, What's happening there? I now, just... watch him in just um, a minute. Oh! Excuse me? <laughs> he flips them off. Okay. Why is he so tiny with the big boys? He is tiny. Now, check out Mel's socks. Oh, God. That's your style right there. Yep. I love, it. I love it. I love it so much. All right. Oh so my God. The incessant bullying continues. My style is exactly Ricky and your style is Mel. Yes. I love it. Oh, so let's follow Adidas USC boy. Here, he, he's looking for like his big opportunity, I think. Mm -hmm. Don't you think? Are you it, kidding it looks me? like he thinks that he's going to go on and do Blade Runner. You oh, know? I think that he thinks he's the best thing ever. He really does. Unfortunately, he's not. He's too short. Oh, it's just it. So it never ended up working for him. But his personality is 500 feet tall mm -hmm. and 
and it's it's really fun. And you know what? I don't know who he is in in real life, but he plays an asshole very well. Oh, he's the perfect one to to play this role, I think. Yeah. It seems to come naturally to him a little too naturally. <laughs> a little too naturally. <laughs> so, now he's in the bathroom stall and you know how I feel Uh-oh. about visible toilets in movies. I know. I'm not a fan of visible toilets in movies. No, you're not. It, it it doesn't help the ambiance for me. It kind of grosses me out, but I'll deal with it because this is such a damn good movie. Okay. This is the only time I'll allow it because of the bees. Look at this. The so someone <laughs> just dropped a beehive into the stall and they blocked the door so he can't get out. And so, uh-oh, bee attack. And are we sad? I mean, a little bit because I like his swagger. Yeah. But also, not at all, because I can't stand him. <laughs> That's the thing. Once again, the slasher movie knows how to manipulate its audience. We already hate this guy. So we don't even care that this happened to him. Now check out Ugh. this makeup art. Check out this makeup art. He just got but that's a raspberry. <laughs> Five thousand times. Look at that raspberry right that's there. A, no, that's a legit a raspberry in his it's arm. It's an actual raspberry on his arm. Eww. Look at this. Bees. These bees just ruined him. That they just so ruined him. Gross. And and <sighs> those effects, by the way, were top notch. Damn. Top notch. Well, that's why you know he went on to be the Terminator makeup artist. I mean, jeez. Yes. Yes. So. By the way, shout out to Edward French. Oh, nice. Okay, so Edward French is the makeup artist in Sleepaway Camp. At the time, he was relatively unknown. And he flexed his skill by doing the kill scenes for this movie. And he eventually went on to do Terminator 2, for which he won an Academy Award for Best Makeup Effects. Whoa. Amazing. Okay. I have a question. So you know how in the bathroom stall, like the killer had to um, cut the window to get the bees in. Yes. And the but the TP is on the other side. So <laughs> that makes no oh. sense. I know. <laughs> Just saying, it's like out the window that you can't even open. Just saying. Super funny to me. I don't know why, but like those are the things that I notice. Now we've got some more POV. So it looks like someone's creeping up on Angela. Uh, She doesn't see who it is yet. We're getting closer and closer and closer. Is this the killer? Scared. Violin. Oh, it's Paul. Now, by the way, okay, so we got an, an excellent fake out here. Excellent jump scare fake out. Mm-hmm. Um, notice that she has full conversations with Paul. He's the only one that she'll talk to like I this. You know, she's totally comfortable with him. And also notice a couple seconds ago, they did the POV and then and then his hand reached out. Yep. Classic Friday the 13th stuff going on here. Oh, love that trip. Now they're frolicking around on the beach um i love how she is like really entertaining by the way this scene you know what's so entertaining because they're doing an adult romantic comedy scene i know it's adorable 
<laughs> okay, but this is about to get really interesting because yeah. something's going on. You know, we know that Angela's been through a lot. She's like a bit traumatized, but the second that she's like in this little romantic scene with Paul, it flashes back a memory, we assume, to who the heck is that? Um, yes. That is the guy that we saw at the very, very beginning that I was like, who's that dude on the beach who was upset about the dad, you know, the dad dying. So um, there is so much to unpack here. And so we've got Angela and her brother, Peter, the two little kids that we saw at the beginning, they just caught their dad with that dude from the beach. And this is what she's thinking of when she's with Paul. Like, it's super complex. What is going on? I mean, the layers of this movie, I'm telling you. So, a couple seconds ago, they were doing the uh, From Here to Eternity scene yeah. on the beach. And now, all of a sudden, uh, some drama. We had a flashback. Uh, very, very complex stuff going on. We'll unpack it a little bit more later. Mm. But cut back to the uh, campgrounds, and they're going to play some uh, Capture the Flag. I love Capture the Flag. That's my favorite. Yeah, it's really fun stuff. Yes. Because so Mr. Mostly... Tan Man is Oh, Mr. Tanman. There he is. Oh, Capture's Flag. Got Capture. Capture the flag. Oh, look, it's your little toddler. Look at that teeny little kid playing with them. Who For some reason, is it? That is hilarious to me. Did we ever figure out, like, I had a theory that <laughs> it was like one of the campers got pregnant like the year before and this is their kid? Yeah. Like, why is a toddler here? I don't there know. Toddler playing capture the flag. Oh, holy hell, it's so funny. Uh oh, oh Judy. Oh, Judy, she needs to calm down. So Judy, oh Judy, is uh, let's get out the way. One of the one of the nastiest personalities in all of slasher movies. I would say she she does such a good job though. Um, the way that she speaks to me is very similar to the bad seed girl. It's I don't yes. I don't know how to really describe it except very enunciated kind Embellish. of. Yes. Yes. I love it. She's in my top five for um, villains, I think. Me too. And actually, Ricky's in my top five for like for heroes. heroes. Yeah, heroes. And actually, Angela yeah. is in my top five for cool girls. So, like, ah, I have a this lot of This movie has it all. Yeah. Yeah, it has it all. So Ricky in the tequila sunrise shirt. So him and Angela are just cruising through the forest. And uh, what are they going to find here? Hey, Angela's in a collar. An astute observation. We got a caller ID on that. And mm -hmm. because she's in a collar, remember, folks, that means that she might be and probably is our final girl. What? Uh oh, what's Ricky gonna find? 
Okay, well, see. Something, something that we don't want to see, which is that Judy got to Paul. Yeah, okay, she did. So, uh, and by the way, she doesn't really like him. No, She's not at all. only doing this to harm Angela. She's a very wicked person. Ugh. Gross. Oh, Judy. Judy needs to step. Ah. And Paul, uh, you know, I think he definitely cares about Angela. I think he's just too, a little too young and hormonal to really understand what's going on. Oh, Ricky, Ricky though. So <laughs> Ricky understands exactly what's going on. Yeah. As oh. evidenced <laughs> by that well-placed middle finger. That was perfect. I mean, he, I love how he acts and, and how he stands up for her and how he's over Judy's BS. Like, that's how I feel about Judy. You know, Paul, well, I can give him, you know, like, I get it. But to a certain, yeah, to yeah, a certain yeah. extent, but it's like, come on, Paul. Judy yeah. sucks. <laughs> Ricky, though, on the other hand, Ricky is an ideal that yep. people twice, three, and even four times his age are trying to live up to. Mm, serious. Like, avoid really? those yeah. Judys. The, the way that he acts and the way that he doesn't let her seduce him mm -hmm. is is masterful it's brilliant and it should be studied he just put on a seminar yes he did with now one look. little like flip of the finger exactly oh <gasps> it just this just does not stop judy does not stop so more antagonism here more bullying oh my god her stance though like I love how these characters, you know exactly who they are just by the way that they're moving. You know, look at how she obviously thinks she's all that. It's it's evident. You know, you just two seconds looking at her, you know the dynamic here. And then Angela like freaking out, staring at her, just You know, you know why I think that's so good? Because even if you watch this movie with no sound, you can tell who's who. Oh yeah, easily. Right? Like it it was so obvious that Judy was the villain. Oh my God, who's doing, who's lifting weights in the back? I just noticed that. So that's Ron back oh my, there. Oh, of course. The good dude counselor. Lifting weights. Yeah, he's just, he's all about his weights. Oh my God. And he, he kind of looks like a miniature version of uh, Lou, whatever his name is, the guy who played the Incredible Hulk back in the day. So. Oh my God. Kind of has a professional wrestler look. Um, and then Mel had a an interaction with Ricky just now that we should take note of. He's kind of wondering what Ricky's up to, sort of I, maybe suspects him. I know. I'm really sad about that, though, because what's going on? Like, what's going on with Mel? What's going on with Angela? Like, there's so much happening here that's tense between everybody. Oh, and Mel just, like, holding Ricky, thinking he's doing everything so that Ricky can't go protect Angela. And Meg and Judy are carrying her out into the water and they know that she's terrified because of what happened to her as a little kid. Like, this is awful. Look at Judy. She's just, she's taunting her as Meg is holding her. That's brilliant. It's all, it's all pretty crazy stuff. So, so Meg and Judy are about to throw Angela Oops. into the water. Here she goes. Oh, Ricky. Oh, and and by the way, what Mel was saying to Ricky Ooh. just now is, how come every time something bad mm. happens, you show up? 
Oops. So hmm. at this stage in the movie, Mel uh -oh. knows that there's a killer on the loose. Yep. Hmm. Oh, what the hell? And that's why I told you that lifeguard was so cool. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Well, they... Look in the background. Half shirt. Oh, dear. Half shirt from someone we haven't even met yet. So we had oh. another half shirt. So we need to figure out where this half building is. Uh-oh, Ricky. Mm. Ricky's kind of giving off some vibes. Like, not going to let him get away with this. Yeah, this is kind of a war now. There's so much bullying going on that it's Ricky and Angela against the world at this point. Oh my God. And now it's all the camp counselors figuring out who's who has a shift tonight and who doesn't. And one of them is taking the little kids. Uh, Meg is off tonight. So this is really important right now. This is extremely important. And, and also, by the way, did you see her carrying Angela over her shoulder? That that was some strength. I was going to say, like, that was pretty, you know, it was pretty cool in and of itself. That was quite impressive. It really was. Oh, hey, did you notice the good good camp counselor has a, a mighty lace collar? Yes. So our second collar has been spotted. Collar ID. We have a second potential final girl. Uh, now we have some uh, funny okay. business happening. Oh my God. Meg okay. Mel. Meg. Uh, they're going to meet up later. Meg has a date with Mel. Meg likes him. Like, this is so weird to me. Yeah. Just because she's a bad girl and she's, you know, dating the owner or whatever. She loves it. It's a power thing. Oh, yeah. Because then she can get away with anything, she can do anything. She yeah. has, you know, control over everybody. It's so awkward. <laughs> so now we take note. She's saying that she's um, she's going to go take a shower in the cabin next door. So what happens when someone goes off alone, usually? They tend to get killed. Uh-oh. So... We think that that might be coming up here. Oh, and she happens to be in the shower. So yeah, it's imminent at this point. Psycho. Remember, anyone who has a shower scene in any slasher movie is on their way out. Oh, man, that was a great shadow. Uh, looked totally like Jason. That was incredible just now. So someone has entered the room. No, oh, that was goodness. sudden. So that kind of came out of nowhere. Knife to the back. Whoa, dragging it down, dragging it down. Dragging it down, dragging it down. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't like her. <laughs> this is the song of the knife. Dragging oh. it down, dragging it down. And then, oh, beautiful. Washing the knife off. Look Come how the killer on. Cleans that knife off. It's incredible stuff here. Just perfect. Oh, I so I like. I'm sorry. I don't like her. Yeah, you. Ugh. I did are my thing. Interesting, interesting person because. 
Although it would be well beyond the scope of this episode to explain all of the reasons why. Oh no. One of them is that you really root for the killer sometimes. Whoops. Like you really root for the killer. You root for the killer more than anyone I've ever seen. Oh God, that's so bad. <laughs> Some okay, and I it's certain people only. No, I think it's I think it works perfectly because of the contrast. Like I'm so neutral. I know. You know, I'm just like eating popcorn and you're like killer. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. It's because it's only that type. It's like the prom night diva, it's the Meg, you know, bully. It's there's something about that type that no, I that, can't stand. I love how animated you get because you participate in the film oh, no. in a way that makes it that much more fun. Oh God. Like I'll be, I'll literally be sitting here drinking a Pepsi <laughs> and you're over there like chop that bitch up. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oopsie. You're the, you're the person in the theater. I know. That's all animated. I know. It's so bad. Love it. Oh God. Oh, I get excited about them though. That's uh -oh. why we call ourselves Jesus Siscalito. And <gasps> Old Ange Eberto. More on that later. Siskel and Ebert. And I love it. So Paul's trying to apologize to Angela for kissing Judy. Screw that. Yeah. And I don't know if Angela's going to forgive him, but she did ask him to meet her at the beach later. So We'll see. Yes, so that's that's a good sign. And then now it's kind of a little lighthearted <gasps> comic relief. Oh, these little teenies. Okay, the little teeny boys out camping. Yes, the LTVs. <laughs> the LTVs. This, this little one is so cute and I still don't know where I know him from. I swear I know his face. And I say this every time we watch it and I never remember to look it up. Oh, yeah. Who is it Elliot from E.T.? Or did we decide that that age makes no sense? I think we did. But it really looks like him. Doesn't it? So Eddie, the counselor, has to leave the other boys alone while he takes some of them back to camp who got, like, scared out in the woods. But now we're in POV. POV, uh-oh. Uh, and this is, ooh. I gotta say, this is the one that is controversial. This one is hard. This one's really hard. I don't think we're gonna see anything though. But we see an axe. Later. Look at this. Look at this. Brilliant use of cutting, I wanna say just now. We saw the hatchet on the ground. Yeah. And now we are back at the dance, and Mel is <laughs> practicing the way of the trowel. Absolutely, he is. Look at this. He's He's looking like the the Oregon Ducks head coach oh my over God. here at a cocktail party. He's he's got the green and yellow getup. He's uh my man is looking dapper. Got a copy of the Trial to Jing in that jacket too. Oh my goodness! And so is that is that um cabin or whatever that was the dance hall? Is that always just having a dance? Because every time someone goes in there, that <laughs> that music is playing. I think they're stuck in a perpetual dance. I think so too. Because there's not like, the whole camp isn't there. 
It's just like some people are hanging out there. Yeah. All oh. right. So Mel's looking for um, Meg. Yep. And Judy's like, oh, I don't know where she is. But it's interesting to note here that Mel knows that Judy's up to no good, but he's mm -hmm. he's like not even trying to deal with it right now. Oh, no. He's, he doesn't have time for that right now. He's, uh, yeah, he's definitely uh, thinking about other things. So <laughs> Judy and... Um, this Blaine. Is, this, is it Blaine? Oh, is my Blaine? God. Oh, of course it's Blaine. Okay. Why is Blaine a shapeshifter? Have you noticed that? Does he have two different forms? You mean because he's a yuppie and then he's like this guy? Yeah. And he, he switches back and forth. Like when he was on the beach smoking oh, a joint. With his he had half. A completely different energy. Yeah, the half tea. Yeah. And then the, and then the yuppie. So what it's if, camp. What if everything in this movie was just like half of what it was. Oh my God, that's so funny. Uh, you know what I think it is? It's camp though. It's like he's he's a yuppie, but at camp, he's allowed to kind of actually be like a real person. And so, oh, so he, he lets his guard down a little bit and yeah, he, he's just like a, like a young dude. Yeah, and then he has to go back to being a yuppie at home. Mm. Uh-oh, booby trapped. I love this booby-trapped body. Let's take note of that. Um, that comes from Halloween, Friday the 13th. That's the standard. Mm -hmm. So the now, Mel actually believes that he knows who the killer is right yeah. now. Oh, and I'll stop him. I gotta stop him. So, this is actually a little bit sad. I because know. Because Mel we know what's gonna happen. Mel is actually on a mission and he believes that he knows who the killer is and he really wants to stop the killer. Like but his intentions are so good, but he has the oh he, he has the wrong person fingered as the killer. Oh here we go. Oh my god, this is my favorite. So and it's also <laughs> extremely intense and a god, little insane. This is this is the most legendary scene Whoops. of this movie. Who do we just see? By the way, we just saw exactly who it was <laughs> we just yeah. saw the killer that's insane that is insane Who's that at the door we literally just saw the killer and they With are just, an, just enough time too they did that classic thing they give mm -hmm. you just enough time for your brain to say wait a second yeah i just saw who the killer is yeah but not quite enough time to actually put it together i know oh it's you it's we get an stuff. actual oh it's you yep, boom oh, lights out you. judy now she got socked in the face and and what's about oh, to happen geez, here Louise. Okay, so. is pretty bad stuff. I'm going to let you take it from here. <laughs> I don't, I'm not, I don't want this. Go ahead. Oh, oh God. <laughs> you know what? So the killer is taking a curling iron and we're not going to see anything, but we're going to assume and put two and two together uh, with the shadow. Okay, check out this use of the shadow. The curling iron is on. We know that it's on because it was burning the towel that it was set on, right? So, yeah, yeah the curling iron used on Judy and we hear the scream. You can imagine what that curling iron is doing. That is the craziest kill in any slasher. Uh, I'm saying Ouch. right now. So, we have one of these really visceral kills one of these really cringe-worthy kills. 
that people at home are thinking to themselves, oh my God. Now, I have a question for you. Do you remember a kill in Friday the 13th 4 where one of the guys took a harpoon yes. to the groin? You remember yes. that? Harpoon yes. to the groin. So now, do you remember how I reacted to that? Yes. It was so visceral for me. I was like, oh my God, this, this really hurts, right? So that was the equivalent of that. She just took a hot curling iron where the sun don't shine. And oh, and by wow. the way, nothing was shown though. Again, use of shadow and use of sound. And it's extremely effective. And creativity, I, right? The creativity, but also craziest. I'm going to just say that is the craziest kill for me. Yeah, let's, uh, let's remember that for when we do our top 10 episode we're gonna do top tens in a bunch of categories like kills top 10 couples top 10 callers top 10 oh it's youth etc oh, so paul and angela are also going to be on my cup top 10 couples um, oh of course and mine too so gotta say though sadly the kids did not make it and that's a sad one i don't know how i feel about that one it's, i think that's a little bit too much so that was a little over the top um like the killer's just, just going crazy at this point. Yeah, that was a bunch of chopped up little kids we we just saw. So yikes! Um, so there's a there's a killer on the loose, and things are getting a little bit crazy. Uh, Ricky's got some candy. Oh my god! He's kind of like you with the candy. Oh yeah, that's what I'm saying. My style is completely Ricky. Oh my god! This is your soul brother right here. Look I know. Seven candy bars in his hand. That hit the style, the reactions, like yeah. um, like a zero to sixty in two seconds. Yeah, he he has your temperament for I sure. <laughs> like standing up for your people, absolutely. Yeah. Like I am right there, and oh my goodness. Now this this is oh, really no, no, really no. sad. There's almost too much to unpack here. Oh, um, Mel we, thinks we wanna, it's Ricky. Yeah, we want to make sure to note that Mel isn't like randomly beating up a kid here. He actually believes that Ricky is the killer. Mm. He he just found Meg's body, uh, and he believes that he is avenging her somehow. Uh, however misguided he may be, he's acting in good faith that Ricky is in fact the killer oh my god the way that he's just like I gotta go <laughs> oh oh my god here we go um in front of the bullseye what do you think's gonna happen but guess what he's wrong can't be you now, whoops the third oh it's you of the movie Woo, okay, so we it. already have a record number of OSUs. He took an arrow to the throat, a la Friday the 13th, part one. That was a direct homage. And we saw the killer again, if you're paying close attention. We definitely just saw the killer for the second time. And yep. Mel, Mel's dead now. So guess what? Ricky was not the killer. He was wrong. So what in the hell is going on? And who do we have? Um, our, our caller girl our nice girl and look yep. look boom there she is uh shall we say um perhaps she's a final girl perhaps she is the final girl and also i would like to draw attention to the deputy that just showed up oh, that's because right he is the first ever candidate for the mr potato head mustache award that's right he and actually 
has a oh. fake mustache glued on. It's incredible. Oh my God. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen. We're going to get into that in a second. Um, uh-oh. <laughs> oh, Paul, you're so, oh, you so don't get it. So Angela and give, Paul give are, too. yeah, they're meeting at the, the water and she's like, take your clothes off. And he's so excited, but uh, I don't know if he should be that excited. I don't know. What do you think, Asu? I think that things have taken a radically different tone yep. and I don't know what's up with Angela anymore. Ricky's like knocked out in the forest somewhere. Um, uh, we, there's still a killer on the loose and look at that, that mustache. Woo, look that at is, that mustache. That is just, that's cut and just pasted right on there, isn't it? It's one of those like situations <laughs> where all of the different mustache hairs disagree with each other. Look, it's it's literally, you can see the cut outline. It's just, it's like flopping yeah. off the side. Ricky's alive. Ricky's alive. That makes us feel really good. Yeah, absolutely. He got beat up, but he's still alive. He's so. there. And that's the important thing. Yeah. Um, uh-oh. Now we see, now we know. So, so we're in the sequence full on, you know, everybody's finding it out at the same time. Yeah. So, um, just for the record, no one is activated. No, not yet. Um, but everyone mustache? is in pre everyone is in pre-activation together. They've all found out that there's a killer now, and that mustache <laughs> truly has a mind of its own. Look at that thing. That thing belongs in a museum. It is like folded over his mouth. Um, hey Ricky, Paul, Paul, you guys out there, Paul? And and by the way, if I may make a suggestion. For a theoretical couple, it's these two. Oh, absolutely. So this is like, I know they're not actually a couple, but they're in my top 10 of people who should be together because you know that's another category. Should be. Tell me about it. Yeah. Like um, couples. Let's do top 10 should be couples. Here we go. They now found Angela. Let's get ready oh, to rock and oh, roll. Oh, Jesus. We're going to see what this movie is all about. So oh, God. Angela is cradling Paul on the beach. Uh, flashback to crazy Aunt Martha. I bought you such wonderful clothes. Oh my God. So now we find out who survived the boating accident from the beginning. So um, recall that in our ubiquitous past events, there was a boating accident in which Peter was killed and Angela survived. But it turns out that, that Angela was killed and Peter survived. And this is Peter. Oh my God. So all of a sudden, Peter found himself without his dad or his sister, he went to live with his aunt and she turned him into a girl because she already had a boy. She Ricky. Had Ricky. Bum, bum, bum. Yes. Oh! Look at that Look face. At the most legendary. Oh, it's Peter. It's Peter. It's a boy. It's, it's a, a boy. It's a boy. Angela's Peter. Peter is Angela. 
Look at that face. It's Look so that. good. It's incredible ah. stuff. Oh. oh, look, and it freezes. It freezes. Fade. That, okay, are you kidding me? By the way, that's the end. Unbelievable. So, so every time you saw oh. Angela, it was that Peter. was actually Peter. That was actually, it was actually was Peter. The entire time. The entire time. Okay, listen to this theme song. Yeah, turn up the volume on your television right now. Everyone, and, turn up the volume. This and is if why you we don't have it, the eight. I'll try to like sing it for you. <laughs> yeah, and also maybe we can post a link to this song on the Oh, page. I will do that. Oh, it's so good. I can't even, I can't even with this song. Look at that. We've got the superimposed face in the background. It's green. This is a wonderful MJ. thing. Oh, I love and it. it. Kind of trips us out a little bit to now go back over the entire movie and think that that was a boy the entire time. Hi, MJ. Oh my God, this is so good. By the way, this song is called Angela's Theme. It's my, it's my theme. Yes, <laughs> yes. Oh, listen to that synth. Just what I've been looking for. Nope. Other oh, perfect. Wow. Okay, so <laughs> this is unbelievable. Good. Girl. So Everybody, okay, you better have your volume up right now because you need to rock out with us. Just what I've been looking for. And and notice how this movie sounds. This is very important because we have very much entered the eighties. If you've been following along with the show. You've seen a lot of disco stuff. We, we remember graduation day and prom night. We've had a lot of disco so far, but now we are in the synth pop era. Hi. Just what I've been looking for. Oh my God, it's so good. Whoa. I know you're not afraid. This is so good. Frankie Vinci, that's who wrote it. Yeah, and believe it or not, a couple years ago, nah. they re-released the soundtrack. Nah. They re-released the Sleepaway Camp soundtrack, and he became a thing. Well, obviously a thing for me. So, so. this is a thing. Oddly enough, this movie has its own convention, and it happens yearly. And I would it's go. Self-contained scene. That, that's how much of a cult following this movie in particular has. Oh, absolutely. Are you kidding me? Because Angela is Peter. Angela is Peter. And even all these years later, I mean, look, this is like decades after we first watched this movie and it's still shocking. It is shocking. Right? Like to, to try to wrap your head around the fact that oh, there face. never was an Angela. That, never. That was Peter the entire movie. That was a boy. And okay, so I have to talk about this because wow, this is why I think the flashback was so important when she's with Paul on the beach and she, they have that flashback of um, the two little kids finding the dad with his guy boyfriend. Right. Because that's two guys. That's two boys. And what we were seeing was actually two boys. It was Peter and Paul. It was exactly. not. So it, like it, there's so much 
going on with that. It's so creepy. I love it so much. Um, that's the movie. <laughs> that's the movie. I am blown away once again. It doesn't matter how many times we watch this. It's always fresh and it's always good. Oh my goodness. I love it. I it's love so it. good. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah, it's it's like the best ending I've ever oh, seen. It's so it's shocking. So to good. This day, it's shocking. Like obviously, we've known that she was a boy for twenty plus years now, and yet it still hits us every time. Oh my god! I'm. It's so exciting, and I mean, we just watched this a handful of times in the last yes. week, anyway leading we up sure to, did. to this <laughs> and it's like it's still as fun it still is crazy it's i love it i love it too i i think that this is one of my absolute favorites and Me too. um it, in some strange way it belongs in its own category i think so too i th i think it's actually a perfect slasher it's a perfect slasher it's uh Late 1983, going into early 1984, it brings us from the 70s to the 80s. All of a sudden, everyone has 80s sociology and psychology. Yeah, and exactly. And language and uh, imagery. And we get, what I really like, we get more distinctions between like, okay, we have a bad girl. We have the Blaine. We have yes. the nice, like, that's really easy to start um, noticing and pointing out. From, from here on out. I think it's they're very archetypal. Oh, yes. Much more so than in the early 80s when we had a lot of idealism going on. Remember, we used to talk about things like how there were these super friendly jocks and yes. Wild Man from Final Exam, who everyone Wild loved. Man! And Blaine from Final Exam, who is actually not that bad of a guy. I mean, so, really interesting we've been talking about final exam and i think that's actually a really good parallel because final exam is almost in its own category as well because the killer mm -hmm. is just some dude that is yeah, completely random yeah. and we see and but it's in its own way this great slasher and instead of having makeup effects they do the cutaway which is great um and also our most downloaded episode so fascinating um that it's just interesting that 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 would be the one so thank you to everybody we have some people joining us uh for that episode from sweden india the uk um brazil like i mean thank you so much <laughs> yeah that's crazy the final exam episode has become extremely popular and it's just really really nice um you know, you were mentioning that you were, you had the movie um, with Swedish subtitles. We actually had someone um, download the episode from Sweden. So I think that was just really fun. That's, that's incredible. That's incredible. Yeah, something, <laughs> something happened with the final exam episode. And yep. uh, we, we have extended our reach and our audience yes has increased and, and, and we've got people from around the world now it's it's amazing it's so much fun if you want to support the podcast you can find us everywhere but we do have a patreon and we have stickers and buttons for slashes and suits we're gonna start having behind not behind the scenes episodes so much as we always do a mesmerized run 
first before we do a recorded episode and they're much much freer I would say in we're not really watching what we say at all and it gets a little nuts sometimes yeah yeah so the mesmerized run the reason we call it that is because we realized that we needed to watch these movies multiple times because the first time we watch them we get mesmerized by them they're just so good and we happen to love slashers so much you know, make make no mistake. This is not like some sort of parody project. Oh we're, no, we're not, we're not here joking about them. Uh, we genuinely love these movies, and we will defend them to the end. Oh, so, absolutely. There's, you know, that's why so we fun. get mesmerized because because we love them so much, and the combination of their innate quality and the nostalgia that they trigger in us mm-hmm. just really hypnotizes us, and we sit there. And we notice everything and we say what is ever on our mind. So we have all those episodes <laughs> we do. on tape. And, yeah, we uh... do. So we're going to start <laughs> releasing them on Patreon and have some some special episodes uh, that are only available on Patreon that we, we do some other movies that fit in the genre but aren't technically slashers. So that'll be really fun. But we do put a lot of work into these. Uh, we edit uh, you know, we we go through the episode and try to make it as tidy as possible so that you can listen, um, whether you're watching the movie or just listening. Um, so just thank you to everybody. This has been so much fun. It, it has been incredible and there's no end in sight. We still have so many more movies to cover. And, and do you? Continues. Okay, so before we give our rating, because it's a special rating. Yeah, I am going to say the next movie. I'm so excited because we already did a mesmerized run. Yeah, it's my dude. Like we're finally getting to my dude, my series, which is Nightmare on Elm Street. Hell yeah. So the very next episode of Slashers and Suits is going to be the original Mm -hmm. Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, Freddy Krueger is my guy. I love yes. him. Oh you have always loved <laughs> Freddy Krueger since we were kids. He's always Absolutely. been your favorite. Yep. And you ended up <laughs> making me like him more. And oh god, I your know. love, like you had so much love for him that I decided to sit down and really give him a second look. And I saw all of the things that you saw, and then I became that much more of a Nightmare on Elm Street fan because of you. That is so fun. And I hope other people find the fun in Freddy too, because he's special. The dreams, that's a whole special landscape for slashers. The way that he can talk, he's the only one that I approve of talking uh, because because he's witty and I like it. Oh, he sure is. He's dropping those one-liners and stuff. And We're going to love it. To me, he's the one with full consciousness. Like, he's mm-hmm. he knows exactly what he's doing and why, and he enjoys it. So here's the distinction for me. Oh, yeah. Oh, is yeah. that you don't really see the, the killer who is not only charismatic, but fully inhabiting the role and enjoying it. And that's what makes it different to me. Yes. So essentially, 
with Freddie, we have no ambiguous backstory involving some sort of dubious morality. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe we should feel sorry for him. No. Uh, maybe he's a sympathetic character. None no. of that is happening here. So in every single slasher we've seen thus far, with the one exception of Final Exam, mm -hmm. the killer turns out to have something about their life story that causes us to feel sorry for them. And that makes the entire thing take on a whole new dynamic. Whereas mm -hmm. with Freddy Krueger, nobody feels sorry for Freddy, Freddy no. Krueger. <laughs> no way. No way. Nobody feels sorry for Freddy Krueger. So Absolutely not. We love some Nightmare on Elm Street because of how different it is. And that's where the differences begin, by the way. That's yes, just that's where right. they begin. 84. So much stuff changes. And we're getting into all of this really trippy, supernatural stuff. We're delving into the realm of dreams. And my favorite thing that's gonna happen when we start Nightmare on Elm Street hmm. is the connectedness that the teenagers have with oh, one another. That's what I was gonna say. My absolute favorite series for having kids that we care about. These teenagers are not the like the throwaways of Friday the 13th. These are cool, like developed characters friends they have each other's back like we we root for them we like them my absolute favorite final girl of all time nancy is coming oh yeah and nancy almost necessitates an entire episode dedicated to her and in fact we hope to have her on the podcast at some point because she yes, is do. objectively one of the best final girls of all time she's your actual favorite absolute, final girl of absolute all time. Favorite. he's my actual second favorite mm -hmm. he is uh truly in a class by herself we are going to be treated to so many things when we start a nightmare on elm street but yes that's next time next time we so we still gotta figure out what we're gonna rate Sleepaway Camp. Okay, so Sleepaway Camp, I mean, we've really, we've we've talked about so many aspects of the movie and we came to the conclusion that because we decided that we were allowed one movie each that we could give a 10 to, which you've already given for Halloween because that's yes. a 10. And mine is coming up and I already, I already said what it was. So that's yeah, going to be later. Yeah. <laughs> and You're 10 is spoken for it's basically oh. you've already spent it it already i it, know there's a temporary hold on and your 10. absolutely and and that's just true so but we came up with the loophole because we both decided that this would be a 10 for both of us had we not already given our 10s out that if we both decide that it's a 10 then we can have a mutual 10 and sleepaway camp is our 10. Sleepaway Camp is our 10. Um, I have absolutely no problem with this movie. Nope. I think it did everything right. I have nothing bad to say about it. And I could watch it a thousand times and I'll still feel the same way. This movie is in every possible way a 10. Yep. So despite the fact that I have already given my 10 to Halloween mm -hmm. and you have already <laughs> given your 10 
to a movie that we have not yet covered. Which is going, it's the opposite of, you, of your 10. <laughs> it's going to be a really fun episode. <laughs> but we, we mutually, we came together and we said, yep. we're going to need to break the rule that mm -hmm. we established here. We can't only have one 10 because it would be impossible to rate Sleepaway Camp otherwise. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. we've given so many 9.9s yeah. already. So it would be unfair to give this a 9.9 .9 because it does have something extremely special about it. Yes, it does. That does make it stand out. It is somewhat revolutionary in mm -hmm. that it is the only slasher in history to feature that young of a demographic. Oh, so good. Okay? It They're is the so first, cute. The first slasher movie that starts to really feel like the 80s. Yes. And here's something that I think a lot of people are going to miss, but... This is why this movie is so fascinating to me. So mm -hmm. this is the second time in history that the final girl and the killer are the same person. That's right. That's right. Yep. So how so, about that? So the first instance being in Happy Birthday to Me. I love it. That is so exciting. And I love it because it's my namesake. <laughs> you love it because it's your namesake. I mean, it stars Angela. Angela is the final girl. Angela is also the killer. Like, it's perfect. I mean, the duality, we can talk, you know, about the psychology of that. We could talk about, like, the metaphor of having the killer and, you know, the innocent girl be the same person, the masculine and the feminine being the same person. There's so much in here that I just love. The, the detail... The care that went into the script of actually having those flashbacks, I think was genius um, because in hindsight, it makes a lot of sense. Like if you watch it again from the beginning, you actually see everything happen. Yes. Yes. So we often point out the 2020 hindsight in these movies. Yeah. Right. Which, which is huge. It, it is. is huge. <laughs> it is. The more times that you watch any of these slasher movies, the more you're going to kind of almost feel embarrassed. You're like, oh, how did I miss that? Yeah. Like, how did I miss that? This movie gave us so many clues. Oh Look my at God. It's all everything. of the it's... shadows. Oh, Whenever God. you see a killer in a shadow, it's obviously Angela. Oh, right? uh, obviously. So Ob the, the very beginning, it actually shows you that it's Peter because when, when the little kid bounces up from the water, they show that the hair, the head on the, the, the hair on the head is just, it's super short. It's the boy. And so, so yes. it's crazy. There you, go. there you go. That is the first scene of great importance in this movie. Right after the boating accident, the survivor, the one survivor is treading water and you mm -hmm. see that it's a boy. So yeah, it, it makes it very obvious that Peter survived. So this whole movie, you're like, well, where the hell is Peter? Totally. Walk to where Peter is. Peter um, has become Angela. Okay? And that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. The way that Aunt Martha is an insane person <laughs> is so fascinating to me. The way that that actress inhabited such a psycho is really like, what was the purpose? I'm, it's, why did they do it? I have so many questions, except it just makes it perfect. It makes it so interesting. It makes it weird and fun and i love it i love it so much i love it too and i also love the crazy aunt character 
that she adopted her nephew and transformed him into a girl. Mm -hmm. Because she already it, had Ricky. She already had a boy. Like that's because the she logic. Already had a boy. Like that's uh, all. It's, that's it's the logic. Real. Oh, I love it so. So much. then, also for our second time viewers, how about all of those scenes where someone is asking Angela why she doesn't take showers with the rest of the girls? Yeah. Why she doesn't do this? Why she doesn't do that? And the answer to all of those questions is because she's actually a boy named Peter. Yep. It's like, wait, what? I mean, everything that happened with Paul. It's it's astounding, though, if you really think about it on that that kind of split consciousness, but also the end with her her face. The, what happened in that breaking moment is top notch. Yeah, that's one of my favorite scenes in movie history. It is certainly my favorite ending in movie history. Same. It is so utterly powerful. And I'm trying to remember how I felt the first time I saw that. I know. You know it's so, I mean, come on, you know, Sleepaway Camp and Angela. Now it's all legendary. There are entire websites and yeah. communities and conventions that are dedicated to unpacking all of this to this day. But at the time, you know, it's when you perfect. watch this for the first time, Angela is so believable oh. throughout the entire movie as who yeah, she is. Of course. You never suspect her. No, not at all. Well, definitely not as Peter. And but when you do see her in that scene with the curling iron, when it from Judy's bunk, when it flashes and like shows yep. the killer. They're trying to frame it as Ricky because they, they do look yes, a they, little bit similar in the shadow, yeah. but it's so her. You know why that scene is so crazy? Because she actually doesn't have her makeup on. So I, that's, exactly. that's the distinction. That's what she's doing. So so to, to sort of bring it all home here, the reason that she has to get ready for the day in private is because it takes a lot of preparation mm -hmm. in order to perpetuate this facade of mm -hmm. of being a female right because there was not any operation you know this this wasn't an actual thing uh she's essentially pretending right. to to be a girl and so you, you need to hide that from everybody yeah. oh yeah you need to put on your makeup and stuff so so whenever we see angela throughout the movie she has she's she's got herself done up as a girl but during that one scene yep where the door opens and we saw the killer, she was not done up and no. she was in her natural state as Peter. And you see Peter, like it's insane. It's so cool though. And because, yeah, you're right. Like this isn't, this isn't about, oh, Peter, you know, became Angela because that was like her true self or anything. That was forced. So there's yes. a huge distinction between like, oh, that was, her natural state of being and like she should have been a born a girl you know and she should have been a girl it was like yes. no they yes. forced peter into being angela for eight years exactly exactly very very huge distinction here so this is this is absolutely not an instance of okay you know peter naturally identifies as female right Peter was forcefully transformed into a girl mm -hmm. by a crazy older relative. Yep. And 
we can only imagine between that and the trauma from surviving the boating accident Oof. and losing his sister and father at the same time, mm -hmm. how messed up that boy's brain must be. By the way, where's the mother? I don't think we ever knew. No, isn't that weird? There is no mention of the mother this whole movie. Yeah, I, I find that so fascinating because... I think he was a single parent, right? Yeah, but but how? Like, did they also lose the mother? You know, obviously he, he was gay, so he had his boyfriend, but was there ever a mother in the picture? I Like, because you know how we, um, we think about the sequels that we're going to make, obviously? And so... Yes. <laughs> so... My yes. whole thing is that the mother comes back. Ooh, I like that. You know, and doing more and doing like um like a Pamela thing. Uh-huh, with the sweater. Yep. Cause it would be it would be Angela and Peter's mother and like taking revenge on the camp for what happened. And then I mean it would basically be a Friday the thirteenth, except it would be Angela's mother and it would be revenge yes yes I love it. so also by the way speaking of sequels uh -oh. speaking of sequels let's we have to you know we have to <laughs> because i love as it as i unpack this suitcase which is somewhat of a challenge to unpack mm -hmm. but here goes one article of clothing at a time so oh. sleepaway camp has three sequels. Uh-oh. Okay, so there's a Sleepaway Camp 2, a Sleepaway Camp 3, and a return to Sleepaway Camp. Which, I don't know if we're doing. <laughs> I don't think we'll we'll end up doing that. However, <laughs> we've got to do Sleepaway Camp 2. I love oh, it. Yeah. It is like over-the-top, silly, campy, totally um, meta, like... It's just so much fun, and it is Springsteen. It's um, Bruce Springsteen's sister. So, okay, yes, Bruce Springsteen's sister is playing the role of an adult Angela in oh, Sleepaway Camp 2. Love it. Okay, so the tagline to this is Angela's back. And obviously, that's my favorite thing. So. Yes, you love, you love that. The second, I remember the day that I found out that oh, Angela's yeah. back was a thing and I showed you. I know. And that that was it. You took that on and that was yours from then on. Oh, absolutely. And that was yours. It's so much fun. I mean, they're making jokes the whole time. And and so uh 180 in tone from Sleepaway Camp. Oh, oh, completely. And and so I think that the discussion in that episode is going to be quite rich. It's you know it's going to be different. We're we're gonna be getting into all of the satirical stuff. We're going to be talking about the differences between a satire, mm -hmm. a parody, a mm -hmm. farce, and a send-off. Woo! Okay. Send-off. a high-level discussion in any context. But we happen to be a slasher podcast, so it's going to happen here. Oh, you know? I but cannot wait. When you try to distinguish these things, uh, they've been having trouble distinguishing these in, in literature history for a couple thousand years now. I love it. So we're going to try to break all of this down. What is a farce? What is a parody? What is a satire? What is a send-off? 
Sleepaway Camp 2 is going to be very self-referential. That's my it favorite. Tongue-in-cheek. It is having fun and playing with the fact that slasher movies are a popular phenomenon. So here's the thing, by the way, like with Scream and um, all those all those parody m movies of I Know What You Did at Summer Camp or whatever they're called. Mm -hmm. And th that's not new. Like we've got parodies going back to 1981 right after Friday the 13th and stuff like and Sleepaway Camp 2 I think has some of the best self-referential jokes for slashers that that was already established even though the 90s kind of took it to a different level but they definitely yes. still were were really good in the 80s very much so and uh you reference 1981's student bodies yes a movie that came out as a parody during the absolute height of slasher popularity. Yep. During the same year, so there were 14 slasher movies released in 1981 and they all, all made money. Woo. They all made money. So that's why Siskel and Ebert did that special. That's actually what they opened with. So funny. You know, there are 14 of these movies. Why did they all make money? Well, because they're amazing. Because Arsenal. they're amazing. And there has never been another genre that was parodied during its height. That's what I'm saying. During the height of its classical phase. So in, in genre study, you have the proto phase, you have the classical phase, you have the revisionist phase, and then you have the parody phase. That's how it normally works. So with the Western, you have the great... Yeah age coach of the early 1930s um you have a, a nice 20 year golden era and then you have the revisionist western when you get into stuff like Clint good the bad Eastwood. and the ugly yeah yes spaghetti westerns stuff like this and then 20 years after that you have parodies like three that, amigos that all happened. exactly that happened over like 60 years that's what I'm saying. Over Not with slashers. Years. With slashers, it took one year <laughs> one to year. experience all of the them. Golden Age, <laughs> the parody phase, the revisionist phase. It all happened at once. So that's part of why we do this show. Like, what is so pervasive about the slasher movie? Yeah. What that, that was happening? Made it, like, that made it do all this, you know? And I really do think that it's attention to teenage life and what they're going through and how it was feeling at that time in the 80s. You know, being left alone, having these these actual killers on the loose. It it really ties all of that up. And then you you have some humor in it sometimes, you know, when it works really well. And it's the perfect movie. Get yes. some scares. Definitely. Definitely. So there is something about the slasher genre that sort of transcends film itself mm. and becomes endlessly fascinating as this one-of-a-kind art form that has some sort of very real connection yes. with American sociology. I'm so excited. And we've talked a bit about that. We talked about it with Halloween and 
Um, we'll definitely get more into that next episode with Nightmare on Elm Street because that's to me where it really emphasizes that social and cultural moment. Yes, it, it's going to be a really, really, really good episode. And look at this. We still have several eras to cover here. You know, we're still doing the early 80s thing. We're going to go back to the 1970s and do some proto slashers. We're going to go yep. to Italy and we're going to cover the Giallo. Yep. And I'm so excited. We're going to get into the late 80s. The late 80s, which is where I start to party. Yeah. And so and we have... Uh, you get your suit on, though. I know, um, my suit. It's tight. <laughs> <laughs> so that'll be fun, too, because because we got we to gotta poke that suit on Heisu for the late yep. 80s. Yep. A, a lot of them are not my favorite things, but some of them... I love particularly Me too. the Nightmare on Elm Street sequels. Mm -hmm. I love those because I'm a sucker for continuity. I know. You know, like the way that it continues and the way that Elm Street becomes this central location. And it doesn't matter who the current crop of teenagers right. is. And who, who, you know, who's here, who lives here. They're all dreaming about Freddy. And right. somehow this happens to every resident of Elm Street for several generations. Oh my goodness. So cool. I'm so it's excited. Amazing. So, so we've got many, 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 many things to come. Many things, but Sleepaway Camp, 10. Yeah, a very easy 10. One of the best movies I've ever seen. I will never stop loving this movie. Long Same. live. Sleepaway Camp, and long live Angela. Woo! Hey, keep your suit on. <laughs> <laughs>